From the moment I stepped off the bus into the beating heart of the city, I could feel something stirring. The city was alive, teeming with a million stories, each hidden in the shadowed alleyways and towering skyscrapers. But as I soon found out, some stories are darker than others. Welcome to the jungle, Bob, my new partner Lisa joked as we pulled up to the crime scene, flashing blue and red lights slicing through the darkness. Hope you brought your raincoat. I raised an eyebrow at her, raincoat? She pointed up just as a droplet of rain splattered on my nose and then it was pouring. You'll learn, she said, a smirk hidden under her umbrella. The rain-soaked crime scene was a tragic contrast to my first day's high spirits. A woman, more a girl really, lay encased in a chillingly clear glass casket. A terrible sense of deja vu wrapped around me. A vague echo from a bedtime story my mother used to read to me. It felt surreal, the parallelism, the cruel mockery of a tale that once brought comfort, now twisted into a nightmarish reality. As the rain washed over the city, washing away the sins on the pavement, I couldn't help but notice how the woman looked. Raven hair, skin as white as snow. No, don't go there, Bob. This is no time for childish reminiscence. Lisa noticed my distraction. Everything all right, Bob? You look like you've seen a ghost. Just some old memories, I replied. Does the setup remind you of anything, Lisa? She looked at the scene, her brow furrowing. You mean besides every crime procedural drama on TV? I laughed despite myself. Guess it's just me then. Back home, I couldn't shake off the niggling feeling. I dug out an old dusty box from the moving mess that still covered most of my apartment floor. Inside it, my childhood was packed away. My old baseball mitt, a few worn-out comics, and there, at the very bottom, a book of fairy tales. As I flipped through the worn-out pages, the realization hit me like a punch in the gut. I couldn't ignore the striking similarities between the age-old story and the crime scene. As the city lights flickered outside my window, the grim parallels stared back at me from the pages of my past. That night sleep didn't come. I was too caught up in my thoughts. I had a killer on my hands, one who seemingly stepped out of a twisted fairy tale. As the rain pelted against my window, I knew this was only the beginning. This city, my new home, was under threat from a shadow lurking in its dark corners, a shadow that transformed innocent fairy tales into sinister games, and it was up to me to stop it. The day after the first murder was a grim one. Rain still hammered the city, matching the somber mood that hung heavy in the air. I couldn't shake the feeling of being stuck in some twisted story, the details of the crime scene still playing out in my mind. Lisa caught me staring blankly at my coffee. Hey, sleeping beauty, she called out. Lost in dreamland? I gave her a wry smile. More like a nightmare. Together, we walked into the buzzing hive of the precinct. As we presented our case, the room fell silent, every eye glued to the images on the screen. The girl, the glass casket, the eerie calm of her expression. My theory about the fairy tale connection was met with a mixture of skepticism and fear. I didn't blame them. It was hard to swallow the thought that we might be dealing with a serial killer who was using children's stories as his gruesome blueprint. Later that day, we were back at the crime scene. The rain had washed away the blood, but the chilling image of the glass casket was etched in my memory. As I walked around trying to see something we might have missed, Lisa pulled me aside. Look at this, she said, holding up a small evidence bag. Inside was a golden locket with the initials SW etched into it. Where did you find this, I asked, my heart pounding. It was hidden in the grass a few feet away from the casket, she answered. Our killer wants to play games. It was a new lead and a puzzle to solve. Was this a hint about the victim's identity? 
or was it another twisted clue from our killer pointing us further into his grim fantasy? That evening, we went back to the precinct to go through the victim's files. The girl in the glass casket was Sarah Walsh, a local with a troubled past. Suddenly, the initials on the locket made a lot more sense, but they also confirmed my worst fear. We were dealing with a calculated, cold-blooded killer. As I lay in bed that night, I couldn't help but feel a chill crawl up my spine. This case was getting under my skin like a dark fairy tale coming to life. It was as if I was Alice, tumbling down a rabbit hole into a world of horrors. And I couldn't shake the feeling that things were going to get much worse before they got better. Sleep didn't come easy that night. Sarah Walsh's face, peaceful yet haunting, wouldn't leave my thoughts. The fairy tale connection, the locket, all pieces of a twisted puzzle the killer had created. I felt like I was standing at the edge of a dark abyss, staring into the unknown. Early bird, huh? Lisa's voice startled me out of my thoughts as I arrived at the precinct the next morning. I flashed her a weak smile. Something like that. Our first stop for the day was Sarah's home. It was a small, worn-down apartment, nothing like the grand castles of the fairy tales. As we walked through the rooms, it was like stepping into a different world. A world Sarah had been forced to leave behind. In her room, I found more pieces to our puzzle. Drawings of fairy tales covered the walls. An escape from the real world. I couldn't help but feel a wave of sadness wash over me. How did Sarah's dreams of fairy tales become her nightmare? Among her belongings, we found a journal. Sarah's entries were filled with her dreams, her fears, and stories about a group she had joined. A therapy group for victims of abuse. Could our killer be part of this group? Lisa mused as we headed back to the precinct. The thought sent a chill down my spine. That night, we joined the group's meeting undercover. Each person's story was a chilling reminder of the darkness that lurked beneath the city's surface. However, nothing seemed to point towards our killer, leaving me feeling more frustrated. My head was spinning as I left the meeting, the weight of the case pressing down on me. This wasn't just about catching a killer anymore. It was about saving the city from a monster, one who had turned the innocent tales of childhood into a horrifying reality. Back home, I sat staring at the pieces of our grim puzzle, the locket, Sarah's journal, the fairy tale drawings. A knot of fear tightened in my stomach. We were running against time and the clock was ticking. Each layer we peel back reveals another chilling dimension to our fairy tale killer. Trust me, you'll want to be there when the next piece of this twisted puzzle falls into place. The morning sun was shining over the city, an ironic contrast to the darkness I felt inside. The case was taking its toll, sleepless nights bleeding into tiring days. But there was no time to rest. Our fairy tale killer wasn't going to wait for us to catch up. At the precinct, Lisa was waiting for me with a cup of steaming coffee. You look like you could use this, she said, handing me the cup. I couldn't help but smile at her thoughtfulness. The day was spent in a blur, interviews and follow-ups with the therapy group members. Everyone seemed to have their demons, their tragedies. It was a stark reminder of the ugliness hidden behind the city's glimmering facade. We did catch a break, though. One of the group members mentioned a guy who'd left the group a couple of weeks ago. He'd seemed obsessed with the idea of being a hero, a savior. My heart pounded as I noted down his name. Could he be our man? As I sat in my apartment later that night, I couldn't help but draw parallels between my life and the fairy tales. Wasn't I, too, trying to be the hero, trying to save the city from the villain? But this wasn't a fairy tale. And I wasn't some gallant prince, I was just a man trying to solve a crime and bring justice to those who needed it. Suddenly my phone buzzed. 
It was Lisa. Another body had been found. A cold dread settled over me. We were too late. Our killer had struck again. With a heavy heart, I headed towards the new crime scene. Another life taken, another tale twisted into a grim nightmare. The pressure was mounting and the city's hope was resting on our shoulders. We needed to catch this monster and soon. I woke up that morning with a sense of dread that clung to me like a second skin. Another victim, another chapter in this horrifying tale. I could feel the city's anxiety, its impatience. We needed answers and we needed them fast. I met Lisa at the crime scene, the early morning chill biting through my coat. It was eerily similar to Sarah's murder. Another twisted rendition of a fairy tale that only deepened the mystery. During our brainstorming session back at the precinct, the frustration was palpable. Lisa and I were running on caffeine and sheer determination. We had leads, but no concrete evidence. Our killer was careful, leaving only the most cryptic of clues. Whoever this guy is, he's smart, Lisa said, rubbing her temples. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he's not stopping anytime soon, I added grimly. We spent the day chasing shadows, poring over evidence, re-interviewing the therapy group. The day yielded no results, the killer was still out there, the clock ticking louder with each passing moment. Back at my apartment, I stared at the wall. The faces of the victims staring back at me from the crime scene photos. They were the heroes of their stories, their dreams brutally snuffed out. I felt a personal responsibility towards them. I had to be the hero of their story, bring their killer to justice. A sudden realization hit me. Maybe we were looking at this from the wrong angle. Our killer was recreating fairy tales, seeing himself as the hero. But what if these were not just random stories to him? What if they held a personal significance? With newfound determination, I went back to Sarah's journal. Her words hinted at a deeper connection with these fairy tales. Each story was an escape, a balm for her tormented soul. I decided to take another look at the therapy group. I had a gut feeling we were missing something crucial, something that was hiding in plain sight. Join me in the next story as we dig deeper into the therapy group, chasing leads and uncovering secrets that take us closer to the truth. Trust me, you won't want to miss what happens next. Our killer is still out there, elusive as ever, turning fairy tales into nightmares. And Detective Bob is still on the case, relentless in his pursuit of justice. As our hero delves deeper into the twisted mind of this fairy tale fanatic, we'll journey with him every step of the way. We've only just scratched the surface. More clues, more victims, more twisted tales lie in our future, hidden in the grim shadows of our city. And let's not forget about our killer. He's out there, lurking in the shadows, weaving his horrifying narratives. What fairy tale will he twist next? Who will be his next victim? And what drives his chilling obsession? All these questions are still unanswered. Together, we'll unravel the mysteries, sift through the evidence, and step into the mind of a killer. This is just the beginning of our twisted tale. The city and its dark secrets await us. Stay tuned for the next chapter of Darkly Ever After, where fairy tales come to life in the most horrifying ways.